Hey guys, welcome to another little dollop on the side of uh, bonus content for Creative Source for my fabulous, amazing Patreon patrons. 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 Anyway, um, so listen, uh, you will have heard the first one, presumably. Or maybe this is where you join the party. This is bonus content to go with the episode, second episode on rejection. So here I respond to any other listener comments and I also, um, what else do I do? Oh yeah, I share with you other um, bite-sized advice from my peers, colleagues, friends in the industry who share their wisdom on the particular topic we're talking about in the hope of, you know, helping you guys, I guess, and helping us all. I mean, they've been useful for me, I've got to say. Let me start with um, a comment from a listener. So I've always got notes. I love notes. I just love writing things down. And even when you can do something on a computer, I still sometimes just prefer to do it by hand. Like I still have a paper diary and I buy a new one every year and I really look forward to getting this paper diary. Is that mad? Um, and but, but then on top of that, I keep a an online diary that's got everything in it. But then I have another diary that I share with my agent that doesn't have my personal business in it. You know, because I'm feeling like, do they need to know that, you know, I've got a barbecue on Sunday? They probably don't need to because <laughs> we share the diary, you know. Anyway, that's not what we're doing here. We're not talking about diaries. Anyway, all right, here we go. So this is from Titus. And on the topic of rejection, he says, uh, my job is offline editor, which I guess is a job that applies creativity, but is also technical. I've had to make hundreds and thousands of tiny creative choices throughout the life of a project. And each of these choices is subjective and potentially up for review, but I have to trust my gut and do it anyway. The possibility for rejection is constant and expected. At a certain point, I typically have to give up all autonomy and give up my creative choices in favor of someone else's. This is all good, unless they somehow make bad choices, which happens. Then it's a a difficult choice whether to make my case or just accept it because they have seniority. So, um, that's a really, that is a really nuanced, um, sort of insight into rejection because I was, you know, in the episodes, I've been talking about what happens if you get rejected out of hand. Do you know what I mean? Like what happens if you do or do not get the opportunity? Um, but what Titus is actually, um, pointing to is what happens when you do get the opportunity, but some of the ideas that you have get pushed back on all Dang, that's that's intense because you have to choose what hill to die on sometimes when you're in that situation. It also that what he's talking about kind of links to the episode which is coming up if you haven't listened to it already on criticism. And I think that what he's talking about will be in the second of the two of those two episodes. And it's the it's where I start to talk about getting notes from the, you know, the decision maker who hired you. Um, but yeah, that is, that is a really interesting thing, isn't it? It's like, how do you handle your ideas being rejected by someone who is creatively senior to you or is empowered in a position to do that? Because we hope as creatives, we're hired for our expertise and talent and that therefore, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like my ideas shouldn't be rejected. Of course, that's a ridiculous notion. They should, if they're not very good. (laughs) 
<laughs> or even if they don't fit or, you know, that there's a better idea. But that is a, um, that is an interesting relationship to, to manage, isn't it? It's like, how do you decide when to speak up? What battles do you choose to fight? I have a, a few friends, because I used to work in post-production, I have a few f- friends who are editors. And, you know, that's a common thing is like having to, because the editors are left to, not to their own devices, but if the director is still shooting, the editor is kind of left to put the show together and then kind of present it to the director at regular intervals, usually like daily kind of thing, but it depends what kind of size project it is. And so, um, and at some point they'll make an assembly, what they call an assembly of the whole thing. And so the director will see that. And from there, they'll start to make more and more um, fine, fine tuning um, decisions to create the show or the film that they're trying to edit. But the editor will, it, the editor isn't just a technician. They're a creative as well. And so they've got creative ideas about where the project should go. And if the director and the editor are not in alignment, the director's the governor. But even then, you know, uh, depending on what type of project it is, say it's a studio film, the director ain't the boss often. You know, there is, there are executives, the layers of executives, like a, a trifle <laughs> with the studio system, like the number of, uh, you know, layers of, of um, say that there are sometimes with the project. And so inevitably your ideas will get rejected unless you have complete creative autonomy over your work, your ideas are going to get rejected. And it sounds like that's the holy grail is having complete autonomy over your work. But actually, I don't think it is because we all need contribution. You know, people who have final say over their work don't necessarily make the greatest work. They just make work that is most in alignment with who they are. Doesn't mean that that's that that doesn't necessarily add up that it's going to be great per se. You know, contribution from others. You know, the sum is greater than the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and all that. Sometimes it makes often I would argue actually stuff is better because of con- contribution, but it still can sting when your particular ideas are rejected in favor of something else, or you're just told no it's not good enough or something like that. So in all our careers, I would, I would guess we all have to, to some degree have to accept. And, and this, and this actually it's, it does sort of go hand in hand with, with criticism, doesn't it? Because that's essentially what it, it is. It's criticism. It's saying that's not, that's not good enough or that doesn't work. That's not right. So we all in our careers have to deal with this to some degree. And I would say, given, you know, what I just said about how it can, uh, projects can be stronger through other people's contribution. I would say, let's welcome this thing in, you know, obviously as Titus is saying, got to think about, do we, I mean, sometimes people make bad choices. So we really have to not throw out our own gut instincts just because that person's senior and just really take a moment to just go, hmm, is this better because of this? And then, like I say, like I said, right at the beginning, decide which hill you are going to die on because there are some things that you will argue for (laughs) and some things that they are not worth arguing for. I think it was David Fincher that said, early doors in your directing career, you'll probably win 40% of your battles and consider that a win which is interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, he's working in a really collaborative field. There are some of you guys who are working in fields that aren't quite as collaborative as filmmaking. So you've got a bit more say over your work and what you do. But if you're working in a hella collaborative like environment, such as filmmaking, then you are going to have to literally pick your battles. 
So let's see what the lovely John, oh, let me say that on mic, huh? Let me try that because I'm looking at my computer. That's why I keep turning my face away like that, you see, but that's when I sound off mic. Um, so let's hear what John Stahl has to say on the topic of rejection. My thoughts on rejection are, don't be downhearted. You will be rejected in this life at time and time again. It's just the way the world is. But what we tend to do when we feel rejected is to blame ourselves. And it's nothing to do with that. Other people have their own opinion of things. Other people have their own ideas of who we should be and how we should conform to certain things. Bring our beliefs around to what they believe in. And if we don't believe what they believe, then we, they reject us. We need to just be ourselves. Believe in who you are. Believe in what you want to believe in. And... For goodness sake, never think that it's your fault, because it isn't. That was the delightful John Stahl, who you may know from Take the High Road. I know him from Game of Thrones, and I was lucky enough to work with him uh, last year. So, um, yeah, it's never your fault. Unless, of course, it is. You could have done something. So <laughs> for the most part, I do agree with what John said. He's basically talking about not taking it personally and living so completely in your own truth. In a way, um, and I'm, I'm prepared to sort of debate this one. I'm not entirely sure, but I do feel like it is kind of an act of arrogance to be an artist because it's such a difficult field to get into that we have to be so completely confident in our ability, bordering on arrogance, I guess. But arrogance sounds negative. So that's why I'm sort of not entirely sure as to use that word. And so to be able to just take care of our own um, sort of emotional well-being in it all, we just have to be our biggest backer. And I think that's what John's pointing to there is just saying like, just trust, walk your own path, trust in your own instincts, believe in your own sort of outlook and ethos and creativity, basically. And that therefore, if you do get rejected, it's not on you, babes. You didn't do anything wrong. You're, you're good enough. You're talented enough. You're smart enough. And the mistake is theirs. Okay. So just move on to the next situation. You know, I think that's where he's, um, he's coming from with that. Doesn't his voice sound like make what he's saying sound like poetry. This is just so beautiful. Um, and he's a really, really lovely guy as well. Um, but that is by the by, because what's important is the advice that he gave, which is fantastic. There will be times, however, when we have done something that's gotten us rejected. In one of the episodes, and forgive me, I can't remember which one, but I tell a story about what I was um, hired to work on an improv show. I think it's the second episode on rejection. And I, I was hired to work on an improv show and I just wasn't skilled enough for it. So they let me go. They rejected me. So it's not like I did something. I think it's more that I hadn't done something. I get proper training <laughs> to be able to do improv uh, to a, an adequate level to be uh, a good fit for their show. So sometimes you have done something. But I think what when John says you haven't done anything, it's like he's saying um, you, what is meant for you will not go by you. I think I think that's where I'm holding what he said. Um, because it, yeah, it, it, it is possible you could have done something, but it, 
for the most part, there's so many moving parts. There's so many considerations. You're uh, the person that you're going to for the opportunity is having to consider. There's so many people that want the opportunity that that's why for the, I would argue, or I guess John is arguing too, that it probably wasn't anything you did. It's probably more, they know what they're looking for and it happens to not have been you, but that's okay. Cause that means it wasn't meant for you. And, you know, as I've said in other episodes as well, it's only human consciousness, our like more smaller consciousness, ego consciousness that thinks that we should take the most direct, straight, quickest, most efficient route to the thing that we want. But sometimes the universe wants to show us some stuff, you know, maybe it just wants to teach us some stuff that comes out of those missed shots, those opportunities not um, realized. And if you got everything, if everything was yes, 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 there'd be a, a huge uh, growth opportunity that you missed. So uh, make friends with rejection because it wants to be pals with you. <laughs> and that's the truth. All right, should we wrap it up there? I think that's good, right? That was a, a nice, um, you know, little bit of advice there from John and... I really, I actually really dig that thought of like make friends re with rejection because it wants to be friends with you. Mm, dang. <laughs> I don't want to be friends. <laughs> uh, I think that's how most of us seem to relate to it. But actually, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's going to be part of our lives as creatives. So we either make pals it's like having a, a, a horrible neighbor, isn't it? So like either you try and befriend that neighbor or you're constantly going to be annoyed with them as I have been with some of mine, as some of you may know. Can we talk about the Coffertron? All right, anyway, that's a story for another day. And yeah, let's leave it there. Make friends with rejection because rejection wants to be friends with you. Guys, thank you for being my Patreon patrons. I hope that you've enjoyed this bonus content. The next episode in the series is on creative hustle. It's a two-parter uh, where I talk about your work ethos, your work ethic and how to work smart and the things that you can do to look after your career, but also your craft. So until next time, I will see you for a little bit more Creative Source.